This is Back to Devi, a show brought to you by Campus to Can. This podcast specializes in collegiate football players and their potential for future fantasy success in the NFL. I'm your host, Mike V. This is my co-host, Corey P. And we're heading back to the Pac-12 here. The second half of the Pac-12, uh, some say the best half, but I can't really say that for sure here. Uh, we will be talking about USC. They are still a part of the Pac-12 for one more year until they move on next year. But first, Corey with the news. Okay, first we'll head over to Syracuse, uh, where this news just dropped late last night. But sophomore running back LaQuint Allen, um, a guy that I was a little bit higher on than, than some of our group here, really unique talent in my opinion, was really set up to be uh, pretty productive this year, had that uh, fantastic bowl game last year. He got suspended for a fight that apparently happened back in December uh, on campus. Uh, the details are a little bit murky, but from what I can gather, um, his friend got into an argument. LaQuint kind of went to you know back his friend up. Uh, Allen apparently got hit in the face twice and then retaliated. Okay, so this this whole situation was apparently brushed under the rug, you know, until this February where the school had kind of told him that he broke the policy, uh, and now he's going to be you know suspended for the year, which is weird because he participated in spring camp and was talked about pretty highly so that part's kind of kind of a weird part but now he's apparently suspended for the year and you know i'll be honest i don't think that it sticks he has a hearing on on july 12th to fight it and possibly be reinstated for the year and maybe you know syracuse is just a very strict school um but this kind of seems like a pretty non-serious issue i personally i wouldn't overreact and you know start targeting backups here in in your season honestly like i don't know if anybody here left over is really that close to the quince talent level anyways uh with the team but I wanted to ask you, Mike, how are you treating this entire situation if you have LaQuint Allen on your team right now? I wasn't paying attention to this until this morning, and then I got shunned for it, shamed for it <laughs> in the Slack. <laughs> I'm not attention. Um, but I, I don't think I'm reacting too much to it. That's why I kind of asked you guys. I asked the lawyers in the chat, like, yeah. we got, is this, this going to stick? You know? So after hearing the details from you and from the Slack, too, as well, I'm not too worried about it myself. Yeah, so I'm still pretty hopeful that he's going to be going to be the guy this year. But again, we've got three weeks to kind of see when what's going to happen with that. Um, heading over to the NFL side, a little bit of NFL news here for you. The supplemental draft is back. I think first year since 2019. Um, this year is highlighted by some Debbie castoffs that I just want to highlight. Purdue's Milton Wright, wide receiver there, really athletic kid. Um, kind of in the mold of like a dollar store Troy Franklin, if I had to, you know, pin a ceiling on him. But he's got academic issues, was ineligible to play for the last year, so never really got to see him. And then another guy by the name of Malachi Wideman. He was a former Tennessee commit. I think he was like a top 10 wide receiver in his class. He actually played at Jackson State last year, scored 12 touchdowns for them. Um, but really, both these guys are just uh, interesting size speed uh, specimens. You know, they're kind of projects probably at the next level. Probably going to hold limited value in fantasy, but just wanted to give you an update on where some of these guys landed if you're kind of wondering where where some of them went. Um, last but not least, we're going to head over to UNC here, where um, the team is reporting that Marion Hampton, running back there, sophomore, is set to have a big role this year. A guy who started the season really strong last year, but kind of ta- uh, tailed off throughout the, the end of the season. He's apparently lining up to be the start of this year. He was apparently listed atop the depth chart. Um, uh, he should be a big part uh, of this offense uh, going into next year. 
Um, and just a reminder, guys, we did release the Devi guide on May 1st, 247 profiles, advanced stats, rankings, year one zero, everything you need to attack your drafts this off season. That's a $20 one-time purchase or become a member with uh, one of our many subscription options, some of which include access to this guide, as well as our supplemental freshman guide, uh, our upcoming CFF guide, which drops on July first or first week of july so somewhere in there that's coming right away you can pre-order that right now that's awesome for this time of the year um you're also gonna get access to all our awesome tools you see those things posted all over twitter they will make you a smarter player um with these tools at hand so make sure you guys are checking out our family of podcasts as well on the on the podcast feed make sure you're checking out the youtube channel uh, to make sure that you guys are keeping up to date with everything going on throughout the off season austin nays tried to strong arm me in the on Slack, telling me that I gotta use the word psychedelic for my next ad read. I told him that's that's just too old. I, I'm gonna meet him in the middle. I'm gonna use the word retro. And Campus Again here is partnered with Homefield Apparel for some of that retro collegiate athletic gear. Just getting your old school stuff there again. Fourth of July is coming up, you know, and and dads dads love that old school college gear. So please go go get your dad. It's not just dad. Get everyone some stuff there. Load up the shopping cart. Promo code CAMPUS2KIN for your first-time purchase. So make sure you load up and get yourself some retro apparel. <laughs> All right, Corey, let's head on over to, to Arizona State. Arizona State is always exciting. They, they they always make like draft picks out of nowhere. You know, I wasn't – I was a huge Nikhil Harry fan, mostly because I was a Patriot fan. I wasn't really an evaluator then at that time. But huge Nikhil Harry fan, but – Brandon Ayuk was a first-round talent in himself. Mm -hmm. They just always seem to grab guys out of nowhere. But let's talk about the coaching changes first here. Kenny Dillingham comes in from, from Oregon. Uh, they also got Bo Baldwin, too, from uh, – oh, it's escaping me, so I'm going to skip Bo because really we care about Kenny Dillingham. Comes from Oregon, OC, before that, the year before that, 2021 to 2020, Florida State OC. 2019 was the Auburn OC before the wheels fell off. 2018, he was the Memphis OC. So this guy's, I mean, he's hopping and skipping all over the place. He finally has his head coaching gig. He is kind of viewed as a quarterback whisperer. He's got Bo Nix and recently Jordan Travis. He's he's got both those careers that were derailed back on track, and it's just been it's it's been pretty magical, honestly. Obviously, we haven't seen that translate to Debbie stuff. I think both of those guys, in my personal opinion, are are day three, day two backups, nothing more than that. But that's still far better than what they were at the time. So we're heading over to his quarterback room here at Arizona State here. I just want to ask about Trenton Borgent here. I I, I asked about him in the, in the mailbag episode for the CFF episode. I want to say it was two or three weeks ago uh, with uh, with Jared. Uh, he filled in towards the end, and he was pretty good as like mm -hmm. a as a as a raw metrics type of guy. Um, I think he's a six year. He's six. I want to say he's like six foot. He's kind of he's not really a tall guy. He's not prototypical size, but he's got some mobility to him. Um, what do you think about Trenton Borgett? You think he? You think he's the first off? You think he's the starter? Because I know Drew Pine transferred in from Notre Dame. Yeah, so I think the starting position is probably one of those two guys. Um, I'm not like super into either one of them. Trenton is uh, 5'11", 185. Drew Pine is five eleven and one ninety eight. So both of you guys are pretty small in terms of like Debbie talent. Um, you know, I think they can be serviceable college quarterbacks, but you know, I, Drew Pine didn't really impress me that much for Notre Dame. He just kind of like, you know, was, was manning the, uh, was manning the offense, was just delivering the ball the way he needed to Trenton. On the other hand, I will say they actually put a lot on his plate last time, uh, last year at times he started five games last year. He threw over 
43 passes in three of them. All three of those games went for over 350 yards passing. He had an eight to four touchdown interception ratio in that game as well. I actually think I kind of like him to be the guy over Pine. Um, but they're, most of the guys out there do think it'll be Pine. I was just listening to the Cover 3 podcast, their summer school series. They think Pine is going to push for the job um, in, in summer camp once we get there. So really, I just want the guys who are going to get these wide receivers the, the targets they deserve. Yeah, I, I don't I feel like I feel like the narrative mindset of, well, player X transferred in. So clearly he is a starter. I feel like that's gotten out of hand. I do think it's Borgant, but I, I've heard both sides are it's really something's up in the air to me and I, I was really unimpressed with what we saw from pine at notre dame i think for again here is gonna throw the ball more i mean he threw for 300 yards like what two three games last year yeah three three games over 350 yards so i mean yeah he, he was he was doing pretty good i think that he'll i do think that he's probably gonna be the guy still debbie related okay. i don't think that i'm interested no. in either of them i think the one guy that we are probably interested in here and i like the the matchup here with dillingham and what he's been able to do to quarterbacks and that's Jaden rashada the incoming freshman um, um coming in here he was kind of a a cautionary tale in the world of nil um you know apparently got that nice uh, offer from miami ended up flipping to florida because they upped their offer to like 13 mil or whatever he was committed there and then all of a sudden florida boosters realized they couldn't come up with the money to to, to pay him the amount they told him to he was yeah. eventually released from that letter of intent ended up going to to uh arizona state i know he actually like he had a little bit of flirting with with kenny dillingham in, during his recruitment as well so maybe that was something to see there um but you know i'm guessing he probably lost out on millions of dollars there but but now uh, to the to the to the player how he, how he is as a player six three 380 pounds so he's a little bit skinny but he was a borderline five-star kid to me he's kind of got that jj mccarthy thing to him a little bit where a little bit of the bad side a little bit where he likes to play a little bit of backyard ball he likes to shoot those deep shots he likes to hold the ball a little bit for those chunk plays maybe hold on to it a little bit too long sometimes gets him into trouble um doesn't necessarily have the the improvisational skills that we see in other guys um but more so on the edge of like a, a gunslinger with with the arm to do it i can't um, I can't remember where I have him exactly in my rankings. I know I have him sitting as a top 10 guy for me in freshman quarterback rankings, probably somewhere in that 7 to 10 range. But I like this hookup with Dillingham, and I kind of like the future of where this offense is headed. I actually don't have him ranked. At all, eh? <laughs> I didn't, yeah, didn't realize that. Is that just that you don't like him or just uh, out of just missed him? No, that's out of oversight. I usually try not to rank too many fr- I want to say I have like 12 to 13 freshman QB range right now. Uh, so he's going to have to that. I I had a trouble with his eval because I didn't know what he was. He's a little bit skinnier. I, I was like, I had a hard time finding like the NFL traits because um, I just didn't know what his like number one thing of doing is. I just had a hard time evaluating. I didn't watch him that much uh, along with all the drama and stuff. I thought I can get lost in the shuffle. But I do think him falling in with Kenny Dillingham is a blessing in disguise. Because if Kenny Dillingham can get all these guys that – just you know, fell off the rails. To get him back on track, but now he actually has a freshman with prototypical size. He has some tools. I'm not really sure about that. I'm sure I'll ca- as soon as I see him for like one game, like college, I'll I'll understand what his game is about. But I really do like this pairing. This is a this is a great situation for him. And I don't think it could have happened any better, especially this late in the cycle. This was yeah. this was fantastic. And I do want to correct myself earlier when I was talking about Trenton Borgett. He's a fifth year player, not sixth year. So I don't know how he is with eligibility, but he's a fifth year guy. 
and those slack guys get on us for the for the eligibility questions all the time so yeah sure we're right on that but, but I yeah i like I, I, I like the i like the setup here and i see a viable path to starting right away i mean drew pine older trenton Borgay older so i mean he he could really be groomed this year under dillingham and be the starter going into next year so even as a c2c asset i kind of like him that way with you know a little bit of debbie a debbie upside there as well i think i haven't been drafting him either i'm probably gonna go look and see where he's going lately but i imagine he's probably going at pretty good value yeah, he's not bad. He's going higher in some drafts, like some drafts as high as within the first four rounds, other drafts within like all the way to like the eighth round or something like that. So nice. yeah, he's, he's a guy you might be able to get a, a pretty good value on. Let's head on over to the running backs here. So Arizona State's had quite a quite interesting running here. They have Eno Benjamin, Rashad White, Xavier Valaday recently. All these dudes going for nearly 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns from scrimmage. So they've all been extremely productive here running backs in the system. And then looking at looking at Dillingham's history, you had Bucky Irving, who was kind of erupted on the scene last year. And then before that, Joshua Corbin, who was generally uninspiring. But we have a transfer in from the FCS. Cameron Scatterbo comes from Sacramento. Uh, and he he absolutely crushed the spring game. I can't remember what his stat line is off the top of my head, but I remember he crushed the spring game. Do you think Cameron Scatterbo is the next, the next 1,000-yard rusher coming out of Arizona State? I can see that. I think, I think, especially with a year of transition here, maybe under Dillingham too, like maybe it's not hitting on all cylinders right away. They kind of rely on the run game a little bit, but Scatabo is a pretty, pretty interesting dude, you know, big sky offensive player of the year last year, almost 1900 scrimmage yards and 10 touchdowns. And he's been the talk of spring a, a little bit, honestly, they're gearing up to really get behind him as the dude. It's one of the few transfer ups this year that I, I feel like is actually getting quite a bit of buzz out of camp. Like they're really saying like, he's going to be the dude, you know, five ten, two hundred twenty two pounds, um, this guy was popping off some backflips during the spring game. A uh, really well-built dude. I like him a lot for C2C, um, even if I'm not crazy about his Debbie potential, but I think he's going to be pretty productive here. I'm not like out on Debbie potential here. I'm just not. I, I do think with the production, with the size, I, I could see him being a one-hit wonder. I don't I don't know what I expect from him from the next level, but I'm I'm not out. Um, I actually don't know anybody else in this room. Do you have anyone else you want to talk about in the running back? Room? No, they had that running back a little bit while, a while ago. Was it Tevin White? I think that was his name or, or somebody. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tevin, yeah, Tevin yeah. White a little bit while, a little while ago, but he never really did anything. I was even looking at the depth chart. I didn't even recognize half the names or the projected depth chart anyways. I didn't even recognize half the names. So I think this is really the only guy we're interested in, at least in my point of view, uh, for this running back room. Uh, also, for all you CFFers out there, Scatterbo is a fifth-year guy. So fifth year. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Nate got that fifth year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the wide receiver room is really exciting, in my opinion, here. So, Dillingham yep. wide receivers got Troy Franklin this last year. And then, you know, nothing really exciting from Florida State the last couple of years. But again, this is going to be his first year coming into the system or having his own system, his own team. So, the players on roster right now, we're talking about like Elijah Badger. I know you're a big fan of Jordan Tyson. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of from Colorado. Xavier Gilroy transferred in from the FCS. Um, these guys are all exciting to me. Uh, Elijah Badger is a a big physical kind of yak threat, close to the line of scrimmage guy. Jordan Tyson's more of a field stretcher. Uh, I wrote his profile for the Debbie guy. It really was a really hard one because he's just a true freshman. But he's a skinnier guy coming off an ACL, so I don't think he plays too much this year, especially it was a late ACL. Um, or excuse me, we are assuming it's an ACL. I haven't seen any reports about it, but like it, it looked like it looked to me it looked like an ACL. So assumption there. 
And then Xavier Gilroy was kind of the talk of the spring speedster. They talk about his speed. I want to say he hit 20, did he hit 23 miles an hour. That was that the reports that they're talking about. That was about? the report. Yeah. That apparently during spring, he had hit 23 miles per hour at some point on their GPS trackers. Yeah. Good size guy. Great speed there. I don't really think he's a technician. Maybe probably more of a straight line guy there, but regardless, Arizona state has individual guys that have individualized, specialized skill sets. They're all kind of high end skill sets too, in my opinion, for what they can do. So this could be a very exciting offense, probably maybe more year two. But at that point, you'd probably see Badger go to the NFL. You definitely see Gilroy go to the NFL. Um, but anyway, Corey, talk about the wide receiver core for me. Yeah, no, I think I like all three of these guys kind of, and I think they all kind of complement each other really well. Like I think Jordan Tyson is that over the top and kind of win at the catch point kind of guy. Um, and they're saying that he's going to be ready for fall camp. So I don't know. We've seen some ridiculous uh, ACL recoveries. If it is an ACL in college yeah, before, no different know, if he is. Yeah, between Adam Randall and, uh, and I, who's the other guy there at Tennessee? I can't remember right now. Um, uh, he, he's with Houston right now. I can't remember his name. Um, Amari something. He he recovered very quickly too as well. So sometimes that can happen in, in college a little bit. Maybe they're a little bit more lenient on what they're going to allow them to do. Maybe they're a little more touchy on the NFL level. But if he's ready for fall camp, I don't know if I'll be that surprised with what we've seen. But I'm still kind of skeptical of how much production we'll get. You know, like even look at Adam Randall last year when he came back very sparsely playing, you know, through the, coming back from that ACL. That could kind of be the role I picture for him this year. But my guy in this room is Elijah Badger, uh, 6'2", 190 pounds, uh, really strong hands catching away from his body. Led the Pac-12 in force missed tackles at, for wide receiver at 25. That was also good enough for second in the Power 5 overall. So this guy is very elusive in the open field. He bounces off dudes as well. He just kind of pinballs his way for extra yards, constantly falling forward. I love that physicality. Um, athleticism seems to be there too. I think he's a really underrated wide receiver for next year. I think he's kind of got lost uh, lost out on the attention just due to like this, the, the current state of Arizona uh, state right now. And then, you know, heading over to Xavier Guillory, you know, uh, I don't really know a whole lot about him, but yeah, his speed has just been talked about like so freaking much. Pretty low level of recruit from a profile standpoint, spent three years at Idaho State, I believe. He kind of got trapped in that weird COVID situation where they lumped like the spring and fall seasons together into that 2021 year. So he he, he killed two years there almost like in, in one year. So he had about uh, 800 yards and four touchdowns in his first full year there last year. Now transfers up. He's, he's an interesting guy. Latency to see for me. I'm um, not somebody I'm like super hopeful for at the next level. I think he'll test pretty well, probably end up as like a day three wide receiver, but he'd be the last name of the three here for me. And just one quick shout out to a Felix favorite. You, we still got Troy uh, O'Meary here hanging around in this, oh, dude, in how this could wide I forget receiver about room Troy too. O'Meary with his <laughs> yeah, zero catches. For around, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally forgot about him. All right. Troy O'Meary um, also has NFL traits. Hadn't, <laughs> he's got an nfl body maybe so um yeah. the only other guy that i do want to mention here i'm not on the, on the show sheet i just want to bring him up was jalen conyers the tight end uh over yeah. here at asu he's talking getting a lot of love today. recently yeah talking tight ends why not just throwing it out there um i actually wrote his profile so i have a little bit more knowledge on him a little bit for our debbie guide at least 6'4 265 pounds he came he came uh, on strong uh, down the stretch a little bit more once they moved off Emory Jones and Trenton took over. Um, he only caught like eight balls over the first five weeks, caught six or more balls in all but one game the rest of the season. I think he moves pretty well for a tight end, but I also think he could like benefit from losing a few pounds. Like I'm not 100% sure of the, of the cut he kind of has, but there's maybe some old like – 
you remember Thaddeus Moss from LSU? You know, he kind of had some bad weight on him. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I kind of think that Jalen Conyers kind of has that a little bit too. You know, kind of has trouble yeah, throttling down soft. sometimes. Yeah, soft. yeah. So, but I, I think there's a really nice set of hands. I think he's a crafty route runner. I think he'll get more out of if he kind of shaves himself down a little bit. He's a tier four tight end for us in our Debbie guide. So somebody just wanted to give a little bit of love out there. And we don't talk about tight ends enough. So I just wanted to just, just throw his name out there and, and let you know where we are on him. No, I like that. I- Arizona State's always exciting, dude. And just with Kenny Dillingham there, it makes them even more exciting. So I, even if we don't see a clear winner here, it's really there just really isn't a clear stud here. We we do have some my guys in here, but I, I'm looking at the recruiting like the next year or two. I'm I'm gonna be, I'm pretty excited about Kenny Dillingham getting himself on some getting himself his hands on some young talent. Man, I'm fumbling over my words today. <laughs> <laughs> Listen over to the Colorado. Uh, obviously. You know, Coach Prime is in town, but the new OC is Sean Lewis. Sean Lewis comes from Kent State, 2022 to 2018. Kent State, 2017, 2016, he was the Syracuse OC. And before that, in 2015, he was a Bowling Green OC. So Sean Lewis comes over, and Kent State last year had a ton of talent. Uh, Colin Slee was phenomenal. You had Tez Walker, who we're all fans of at UNC. We'll talk about the ACC later on. And then... um. I can't remember the other one, Marquez Cooper. Anyway, they have a ton of talent there. None of them follow Sean Lewis. Kind of scares me a little bit that none of them followed, follow Sean Lewis to a Power 5 program. Now, it is Power 5, and he was the top of G5 there for a little bit. So this doesn't feel like much of an, an upgrade here or a promotion. But uh, let's get into his quarterbacks. Consciously, last year, he was great. Before that, you had Dustin Kroom. These guys were all CFF studs. They are all kind of gunslingers and uh, dual threats too as well, but we're looking at Shadur Sanders. Do you think Shadur Sanders is a Devi asset, Corey? I don't know. I'm on the line of that. You know, I, I watched him a little bit last year when I wanted to get some some eyes on Travis Hunter. I wanted to get some eyes on Kevin Coleman. I didn't necessarily come away super impressed. I, I think he's frantic in the pocket. I like the pocket presence in general. Can use some work. He kind of backs up and trusts his arm. Um, to kind of get the get to where it needs to go. I think the ball can also flutter on him sometimes. I don't think that he throws like a pretty spiral, maybe something in that release motion there, but it isn't a guy that I watched a whole bunch of. Uh, I can't say I've watched, you know, countless Jackson state games, even though I have watched a few. Um, I also don't know if he's anywhere around that six to 215 pound range. I was listed at. I'm more skeptical that he might be more like 6'1", 200, which is where he was listed as a recruit as well. So I think that he might be closer to that, which worries me a little bit too. But, you know, this is going to be a big transition year for the team. I think they're going to be playing down a lot. So he's going to get plenty of opportunities to get a good look at him. Um, There's going to be some intrigue there based off his dad and, you know, Deion Sanders being there. He's probably going to do everything in his power to prepare him properly to get him to the next level. He's going to be chatting up everybody he knows. Um, So I think he has an NFL future and he's interesting. I just like at this point in time, based off what I've seen, I don't view him as anything more than like a dart throw at quarterback. And maybe I'm too low on him, uh, but that's kind of where I am with him. He's kind of like in that like late thirties or or mid thirties range for me when it comes to quarterbacks. I agree with you there. I'm not in on him either. Watching his spring game. I watched it. I actually watched it twice. Uh, I I like the call. He does back up pretty deep there. I actually do think he has really good touch on his balls. He's very accurate. He's not throwing anticipatory throws. He just, he needs to see them open and he kind of he's very good at hitting them in stride. So I think his touch is fine, but I kind of view him like similar to like Jaden Delora, you know, where he just he's got good mobility in the legs, can extend the play long enough for his, his uh wide receivers to get open. And you know, mm-hmm. we watched we've seen the athleticism of Travis Hunter. We know he can get open, especially when given a little bit of extra time in case he gets jammed up, he will get open. So um 
they will be playing from behind. I do agree with you on that. I don't think that offensive line is going to hold up against power five competition either. So we're really going to see how well he can run around. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not in on him being a Debbie guy either. And I agree with you on the height analysis too, by the way. I do think he's closer to six foot than he is six foot two. Let's head on over to the running back room. Uh, Ultimate Caskill's here. And so is due mm-hmm. to McLean from Kentucky. So I just think that's funny. Uh, <laughs> they had so many Kentucky guys. I mean, that just really spoke to the, the talent that was in Kentucky. I don't uh, even know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ultimate Caskill coming off an ACL. He had a phenomenal freshman year there at Houston has your workhorse size i think he does have a workhorse skill set uh the real question is how good is he going to come back from injury because it is an aco and if you you know they're not always 100 their first year back but that offensive line we already talked about Shadur Sanders running around with his head head chopped off trying to trying to extend the play i don't really find a lot of success coming from this running back room if it's ultimate caskill or i know that matt bruning for example was a fan of the true freshman dylan edwards uh, no, it's because he's like it's because he's like five nine hundred sixty pounds. That's right up Matt's alley. <laughs> yeah, I want to I want to stop making fun of Matt for the small guy. He's always defending himself every time we point it out. So I think he wants to shed that. That uh, hey, that it's not, it's nice to have somebody who will look past like the bias though, and like he's he's a good player on the tape. And and honestly, yeah. like even heading into Dylan Edwards a little bit here, like he's super tiny, five nine hundred sixty five pounds, but twenty two miles per hour by a recruiting team. He is electric in space. I mean, you get the gu- you get the ball in his hands, and he, I mean he he's fantastic to watch. He has a little bit more of a history uh, as a pass catcher as well, which kind of worries me a little bit with this situation. Like back to Alton McGaskill here, back to like how we were talking about Colorado, like this is going to be a little bit of a transition year. I think they're going to be playing from behind a lot. So where is the room to run? Are they going to be throwing a lot? And if they are throwing, is Alton McCaskill going to be that guy? He didn't have much of a receiving profile there when he was at Houston. He was more of like a runner. Still very good, productive freshman season. Still a very highly rated guy. But Dylan Edwards might fit that role more. A guy to get in space. A guy who's a little bit more electrical, has a little bit more speed to him. A guy who can make some plays uh, out of the backfield a little bit. So that kind of worries me about this dynamic. Like, I don't know if Alton McCaskill is going to be more of a 2024 play. And if his volume is his value is just going to take like a steep drop this year, because I don't know how productive he can really be with, with the way this team is right now. No, I'm with you there. And we're like, man, we are so negative on this team, but Sean Lewis really was a phenomenal like coach at the G five level. So I, I wonder if we're just, maybe if we're just being too critical here, but I, I really do I, think this first year is going to be. I think, I, I think that's it. I think that, I think that's all I, we like the players here. And like, I see upside here, but I just think the first year is going to be a transition. And then when talking specifically about Alton McCaskill, like he's heading into his third year here now. So I know, I know fourth year is not that bad for a running back, but still his timeline is getting more worrisome. Whereas at least some of these guys, they have a little bit more of a timeline to them. So we're still more hopeful for what the future can bring here. But with him, the timeline is starting to get a little bit shorter. So I'm a little bit worried about where he's headed. Yeah. Let's head over to the wide receiver room here. Uh, I only really care about one guy myself here, and that's going to be Travis Hunter. I mentioned him earlier. The former number one overall recruit from last year goes to Jackson State. He is a two-way player, um, but he is listed at wide receiver on the depth chart, and I just think lack of talent. They're going to lean on him at wide receiver more than people probably believe. Even so, though, when he was on the field last year, he was getting targeted by Shadur Sanders. So they already had that chemistry, and I just don't think there's that much talent in this room outside of one other player maybe for cff purposes but travis hunter's athletic ability and movement ability is is on scale to me to Kadarius tony like he's he's on that scale of movement ability i just need him to put on the weight like just bulk up get some more physicality in him 
Well, I think he's physical. He just doesn't always win. He, he loses pretty bad sometimes. But he needs to put on the weight, and uh, he just needs to get some refinement in there because he he really is like this 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 version of Kadarius Tony, where he's just unrefined, but the athletic ability is just through the roof. So if he can just get a little bit more of that, then he's going to be a, a Debbie asset for sure. Yeah, you stole my comp there because that's kind of what that's all. Though it's always the one I say. It's just the movement skills. Like I don't think they're the same as wide receivers. I think Travis Hunter may even be a little bit above in the hands uh, situation. Um, but movement skills, you know, contorting the body, the yak ability, being able to uh, elude traffic. Like I think he's definitely on that that uh, same wavelength as Kadarius Tony. Um, I wonder too, you know, because a lot of the people here are kind of wondering, you know, is he going to play DB? Is he going to play wide receiver? There was a big emphasis on him playing a lot more wide receiver this year. You know, even in the spring, they like Dion didn't even want him playing cornerback on practice. There is there's videos of him hopping on practice and Dion yelling at him to get off the field and don't play don't play quarterback. So I think they're going to need him more at wide receiver than than they realize. And you know, the other two guys here, you know, uh, two guys from USF uh, that just came in, Jimmy Horn Jr. and uh, Xavier Weaver. Um, Weaver, I believe, is a fifth-year guy, uh, prospect in 2019, I believe. So ultimately on the wrong side of analytic trends here. Uh, but he could be the de facto wide receiver one for this offense. Jimmy Horn is, is a little bit of a younger guy, but he's super small, 5'9", 170 pounds. He did for what it's worth in the spring. Um, you know how OSU kind of has like that black stripe thing with their freshmen? Um, Colorado is yeah. kind of doing this thing where you earn your number. He was the first guy to earn his number. So if you want to put any stock into that, Jimmy Hoare Jr. was that. But again, a very small guy. Travis Hunter is really the, the guy I'm super interested in here. And I, the reason, I, another reason I think that he might go to wide receiver is look at the market in the NFL now. You know, with the with uh, how high wide receivers are going, the big time contracts are getting. Like I, I don't mean this as a bad thing. I, and you know, the corner market's also a little bit stagnant. But I don't mean this as a bad thing. That I think he's the type of guy that can chase those that wants to chase those dollars a little bit more. Uh, I but I like my wide receivers a little bit of like that cockiness. Right, like like some of the best oh, yeah. in the game. Some of the best in the game are that way. Stephon Diggs, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, uh, Devontae Adams. You talk to these guys; they're cocky. They they want that. So I love that kind of attitude. I've been taking a, a lot of shots on him this year since he's kind of available to be drafted now to jump with the jump up to power five. And you know, if he truly sticks the offense, like if he puts on the weight, I see round one potential here. Dude, he lasted till like the eighth round of my and one of my supplements right now. And That's I was like, crazy. I don't think he's lasted waiting. longer than the fifth. I can't. I don't think he's lasted yeah, longer than the fifth. And then some dude got in the comments like, "Does he want to have Travis Hunter pinned in the chat?" And I was like, ready to flip over. A table. <laughs> the hardest thing about CDC is you know when you're doing those supplementals is to battle like what you think you can get production wise between like yeah. Debbie wise because Hunter is probably just a pure Debbie guy. I don't know how productive he'll be for like the rosters, right? So sometimes it's it's hard. You want to try to wait as long as you can, but yeah, eighth eighth is getting deep for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was having a great draft anyway. Um. All right, let's. Uh, I'm I'm done with Colorado. Are you good with Colorado? I'm good with Colorado. Let's go. All right, let's head on over to Arizona. Uh, there's no coaching changes here, and they were they were exciting to watch for the first time, and I don't even know since Gronk. I think honestly, mm-hmm. um, Jaden Delore was their QB here. Actually, I don't want to talk about Jaden Delore just yet. This Arf. team was actually fun to watch, and what's so depressing about the transfer portal nowadays is that this team really turned around. At least on offense, they didn't do it on defense, but on offense, they turned around the offense, and then everyone just leaves. And then even some of the coaching staff got some recognition and they they left because they got better job offers. So I just, if there's any Arizona fans out there, I feel bad. I feel bad for you because it was looking up for you guys. And now it's, now you guys are just poached. You're one of those teams that's just going to get poached every <laughs> single year now, probably. I felt bad for them. The QB room, Jaden Delora, uh, the turnover king himself. Uh, he really does have a ton <laughs> of turnovers. I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but I know the fumbles are insane. I know the interceptions aren't great either. 
he's very good at extending the play with his legs. I think he has nice touch on the ball. He doesn't have that pro size. He's like a six foot guy. I think he might be six foot one if we're being generous. But he is a scrambler. He's not an NFL level scrambler, but he is a really good college level scrambler. Yeah. Can extend the plays and just doesn't have a cannon for arm. Arm strength is just not there. But again, I think he puts the ball on some nice touch. He loses. Well, actually, no, we're just talking about the quarterback here. What do you think about Jaden Delara? Yeah, no, I mean, we've been down this road before. I think he's kind of on that spectrum of like a Dylan Gabriel of a guy who can be a really productive college producer, has the the skills to succeed at this level. But when you jump up and your arm is still floating all those balls and you're, and you're trying to get into the NFL level, I don't think it's going to it's going to translate very well for him. He just seems like a camp arm practice squad guy at best at the NFL level for me. So, yeah, I'm pretty off Jane Delora as uh, as a Devi prospect here. You know, I think. If I'm going to look anywhere in this quarterback room, there is a freshman that I kind of had as a little bit of a sleeper. I liked him a little more earlier in the process. I, I haven't even drafted any of him, so it's like, well, how much of a sleeper do I really like of him? But that's Braden Dorman, a, cor- a quarterback that went over there. First got a peek at him at the Polynesian Bowl um, when Zachary Branch was there, Nico was there. Um, I know Matt Bruning likes him a little bit, but this guy, you know, pure pocket type pra- uh, passer. He's got the size. Like, I think he's like 6'4", 210 pounds. Um, really spread the ball around during that that Polynesian Bowl game as well. Like Malachi Coleman, I think, had a, had a couple big plays there for him. He arguably, I thought, had the best day of the quarterbacks, but the services won't let you believe that. I mean, obviously, Nico got all the love there, but I didn't even think he had that great of a game. But um, other than that, you know, the other guy here is Noah Fafita, who some people talk a lot, a, a lot about, but he's very similar to Jane Delora, like almost size-wise everything. I'm hoping Dorman can maybe help break the mold a little bit, but to be honest, the future of this quarterback room uh, might not even be in here right now. Yep. For Jaden Delora, four rushing touchdowns, 13 fumbles. I mean, who doesn't <laughs> love that? Who doesn't love that stat line? Oh, God, that's bad. <laughs> um, let's go over to the wide receiver room, though. So we had Dorian Singer transfer out. He's over at USC. Um, but we still have Ted McMillan going to his sophomore year. He led all true freshman receiving yards last year. We also have the UTEP transfer from last year, Jacob Cowing, who was also productive himself, a G5 to Power 5 transfer. We know that's especially rough for the wide receivers. It's really a make-or-break thing. I thought Jacob Cowing trans- translated pretty well. Like, I really did. I thought he had a successful transition. He looked fine as a player. Um, and I was very, very shocked he didn't, he didn't declare for the NFL because I think he's a good mover. I think he could be an NFL slot. I really do believe he can he can be an NFL slot. But – I'm trying to read the tea leaves here, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to ask myself, why didn't he move up? Did he get a bad report back from the draft advisory board? And if that's the case, I don't know what's going to change from last year to this year that he can really get better or get a better grade from the draft advisory board. So I'm kind of like coming off of him. But end of last year, like before the whole NFL declaration stuff, I would have said he was a late day two guy. Yeah, I mean, you essentially took the words right out of my mouth. I don't really have to add anything to that. Uh, as well. I do think that uh, like uh, I'm worried about what the NFL thinks about him with, with him deciding to return. And I think, you know, at the next level, um, I'm just not sure he's going to be anything more like, like um, the Arizona slot receiver, from, uh, Greg Dorch or like a Richie James or like one of those types, you know, those, those depth slot wide receivers that move yeah, from Dorch was good. Team. Dorch was good. last. It year. was, uh, that's what that, like, he was. Yeah. Actually yeah, in the spot duty, but that's what I'm saying. A guy who can, I think that's his ceiling on the NFL level is to be a slot receiver of that kind of kind of stature for him. The other guy in this room, Tutorial McMillan, this was a guy that me and you were were very hard on early on in his career. I, yeah, I was the same thing. It's the kind of archetype that we don't really like. Um, you know, the bigger body possession type wide receiver that we don't really see that athleticism from. But 
I think we've both come around to the point where we need to, you know, give him some room to grow. E- excellent freshman production. You went over it, but uh, let all freshman wide receivers in production. Um, definitely more of your possession type wide receiver, but very good at the catch point, acrobatic catches, body control. Um, I think I just hope the rest of his game develops as well. You know, big comparison out there is Drake London, who I don't, I don't exactly see that. I don't, I don't see them exactly the same, but they have, they have similar things. You know, I said the same similar things about him as a freshman that I didn't really like his play style. Then, you know, in that final year, um, he kind of put it together. We saw the footwork. He hopped onto the outside there, more deception in his routes, um, you know, gaining leverage and, and separation, learning how to use that frame and physicality in different ways where your athleticism isn't exactly there. So I think a similar trend could develop for McMillan, or at least I'm hopeful of it. Uh, and I mean, he should be massively productive this year with Singer out the door anyway. So he's going to get every opportunity to at least uh, enhance his value here. Yeah, they're both they're both boundary guys. So it's they kind of play the similar, similar positions here. I, Here's like the one like, you know, I'm box score scouting. Then the one thing that I'm a little bit worried about is I just want to I just want to say it out loud. The 48.1 percent reception percentage, you know, mm-hmm. and even when I go over to his drops, it's only three drops, and it's a true freshman. So I I'm not really overly concerned about it. 21 contested targets with only seven receptions on the 21 targets. Again, he's a true freshman. There's there's got to be some gain speed, um, translation type stuff. You know, we were we were hard on him for his his given athletic ability at the time. I mean, I know he's a dual sport athlete, but like his mile per hour time was very uninspiring for a five-star. And that's why, that's why I'm higher on Jaden Greathouse, for example, because I know that we're all worried about what his athleticism is. I'm just trying to tell myself like these kids are still growing. They really are still growing. So I, I think, I think we can see some more development in the athleticism department. I'm not out on that. So I like Ted here. He's moved up in my rankings. I want to say he's like wide receiver 15. No, I think it's a little bit higher than that. 14 yeah, for right, me. Yeah, he's right around there for me too. If I were to pull it up right now, I was going to ask you where exactly you had him, but yeah, I have him at 14 right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have him at 14. I want to say last year I had him in like my 30s or 40s. Like he was. Oh down yeah. He there, was like so. 20. He was like 27, I think, entering the off season for me. Yeah. So clearly we don't have any shares. We missed out, but yeah, we're not. We're, <laughs> you know, but we're adjusting, and I think that's yeah, okay. we're adjusting. Hey, if you can't admit when you're wrong and and learn from it, then what kind of analysts are we? Are we really here? We can't just stick to all our priors all the time. You got to adapt. You yeah. got to adapt. And he and, and like you were saying about the catch percentage too. I mean, I think this is a guy that Jane Delore, you know, with that lack of an arm as well was probably just throwing it up to him a bunch you know 21 contested targets he only came down with seven of them but how quality were those targets even anyways you know i think probably when he was just getting in a jam he's just tossing it up to him and hoping that he comes down with something so i I really thought he was he was sorry i thought he was much of a jump ball guy i thought that's kind of what he was too in high school yeah i I do think it's mostly just that's just who Jaden delora is but i i hope we see more of that that's why i'm like thinking like maybe the physical development we'll see some more yak into him once he gets a little more a little more physical, you know, where he can actually stay on his feet when he comes off the jump ball and maybe push yeah. that guy off him, you know, get get a little extra yak in there. So yeah, there that that's exactly the thing with with London where I see like some similarities is that London has learned how to use his physicality without it going over the line of of being a penalty, but he knows how to you know get off a guy at the top of his route, you know, maybe hit him a little bit and get off. Those are the type of little things I think we will have to learn to improve onto his game to gain some of that separation that we're that we're kind of hoping to see. Let's head on over to – oh, sorry, running backs. Do you care about any of the running backs here? I know they got Jonah Wilson. He was like <laughs> the super small guy that, that killed it at – I want to say I want to say it was the Under Armour All-American. He killed it last year, the Under Armour All-American. Um, I can't even think who their lead running back is now. 
I can't. I think it's Michael Wiley, who's a little bit of a CFF guy out there. I think the guy you're thinking of is Rayshon Luke. If I'm not a speedy Luke. Oh, Rayshon Luke. Who's Jonah Williams? Yeah. Uh, you're thinking of Jonah Coleman, I think. Was an, I think Jonah he was another Coleman. freshman. Yeah, yeah. He was another freshman last year, too, right, or two years ago. Yeah. So they, they've got some guys, but I don't think anybody here that I'm really interested from a from a Debbie standpoint. Rayshon okay. looks super skinny and like what he's he's trying to get to like a 10.0300 meter or something, or he's I trying really to get something ridiculous, but. I really thought he could have been a Deuce Vaughn. Like, I really was like, maybe he could be Deuce yeah, Vaughn. Maybe a Keaton Mitchell eventually, maybe down the line or yeah. something. But yeah. All right, let's head on over to Oregon. Uh, there's no coaching changes. They lose Dillingham. But like besides that, there's there's no coaching changes. They're not adding anybody. So let's let's talk Bo Nix. Bo Nix comes over from Auburn. He was pretty much, I can't say left for dead. He was a joke. He was a constant joke, especially for PJ in mock drafts and in real drafts. PJ was always like, Hey, we'll just give him Bo Nix. And then yeah. lo and behold, Bo Nix becomes QB1 last year and was just like amazing. So that was pretty funny how that all shaped out. But Bo Nix comes over to Oregon and there's people out there, Corey, that think he's a potential first rounder. They think he's a Debbie quarterback. What do you see from Bo Nix? Now, I think this goes back to, you know, going back to our Arizona State conversation where we're talking about Dillingham. But Dillingham really has gotten the best out of Bo Nix both times now. He was with Bo Nix for his, for his freshman season where he's never looked the same as that freshman season. And now he got the best out of him again here at Oregon, you know. And people are kind of reinvigorating the hype, uh, you know, after last year. And he had a good year. Don't don't get me wrong, especially as an athlete. You know, I think you saw some of that come out. Um, he was only sacked six times all season um, while having one of the least average times to throw in the Pac-12. I mean, for instance, just to compare, Caleb Williams' average time to throw, 3.24 seconds. Dolores' average time to throw, 3.11 seconds. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, even, 2.8 seconds. Bo Nix, 2.6 seconds uh, to throw, and he still only got sacked six times last season. So he was having to create a little bit on his own. So I think that athleticism is still there, um, still has a good enough arm to hit it everywhere. I just still see a lot of the same problems that I saw. Really lacks throwing with anticipation. He locks onto one guy a lot, has trouble like moving off of him and reading the entire field, um, which lends to him, you know, doing a little bit more himself, waiting to see a guy get open down the field. Um, he missed Troy Franklin a bunch. We're going to get into a little bit more later here, but um, multiple times open down the field, overshot him, ball placement was off. I still see the same guy from Auburn. I'll get, you know, a little bit more productive, but I still see some of the same issues. Someone is going to think they can fix them and mold these tools together, but I ultimately think he's probably around three plus guy at the next level and more of a project than, than people are thinking yeah i think he's more of a backup grade type of guy for me i think he's probably gonna stay in that range a lot of the, a lot of times like when he was getting pressure too i know you just said he only got sacked like six times but it looked a lot to me like you know he's just like f it troy franger's down there somewhere you know he just chucks the ball yeah yeah vicinity. and it worked out so often i was like this is just how could, he can't keep getting away with this you know no, right. and that's why I say like the athleticism comes out a little bit because he is a guy that can, you know, make plays, improvise a little bit. But I mean, it's everything yeah. else that comes after that. That's the problem. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the true freshman here. Austin Novosad comes in. He was a flip. I can't remember from where. Yeah, I think he flipped from Baylor, actually. And he's kind of an interesting guy, I guess. Uh, 6'3", uh, 185 pounds. He was a Tier 3 quarterback for our recruiting team. I know uh, Matt and Austin are kind of carrying his torch a little bit there. I personally wasn't super impressed. You know, not a guy who put up overly gaudy stats. Um, not a guy whose arm jumps off the page or, or legs seem like an asset. Just a guy who strikes me as more of a college quarterback. And, and I don't feel like he's promised anything. Maybe, you know, he was a pretty high, high ranking recruit did well at the elite 11, but do you think he's the next guy for Oregon? And, and, and if you do, what, what do you like about him or, or vice versa? If you don't, what don't you like about him? 
No, I do think he's the next guy for Oregon. Uh, okay. I know when he first got there, 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 there were reports from Matt Bruning talking about how they were talking about his his arm strength and how he's just throwing on a rope and stuff like that. Now, watching the spring game, I didn't really see that myself personally, so I'm hoping like maybe it's just spring game jitters and we'll see more later on. But I do think he's the next guy for Oregon. I do think Oregon's on the right path to to becoming a Debbie relevant team and just creating actual NFL talent, not just like CFF talent. So. I am excited with Novosad being there for four years. I don't think there's much competition in front of him. You know, with Ty, Ty Thompson. Ty Thompson is definitely not. He's, no, he's not going to be a part forget of about that one. Yeah. He looked yeah. awful in the spring game, by the way, too. Like, this guy is just like the least amount of development I've ever seen from a high-ranked quarterback. Like, it's it's bad. Yeah, so I don't know who Kenny Dillingham left behind, but we'll see this year if they can carry on his legacy. And if so, then, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about Novosad's future because I – I care about that program. I think they can they can get on track. Well, you can you can keep working on me on that one because I, I haven't been completely sold on him yet. But you know, if he is going to be the next guy for this offense, and this offense looks the same without Dillingham, then I'm definitely going to want some shares. Let's head over to these Oregon wide receivers now. Let's talk about Troy Franklin first. He's I want to say a consensus top ten for everybody for the 2024 class. He's six foot three. He's 180. He's very skinny guy. I think he's more of a straight line athlete. I, I want to say. His play style is very, it's very unique to me. He he does a lot mm-hmm. of slow goes. Like he likes to draw guys in with his speed. Like he'll kind of like let them come in because he's he's a skinnier guy. Like they want to press him because they think they can win him against press. They probably can't win against press. But once he draws them in, it's when he kind of like explodes outward, gets that gets that separation just through his speed. He's not really to me like a refined route runner. And I also yeah. think that he has really phenomenal hands as well. So. I'm a little concerned about this skill set translating over to the NFL because I just haven't really seen that type of skill set translate over. And we have seen these, you know, I, I'm not really, I guess I am a BMI guy, but I don't really know the numbers that well. But but we haven't seen these skinny <laughs> guys really, really translate well outside of like Devonta Smith and like we'll see Jordan Addison do it. I'm, I'm sure we will. But I want to say that I've come around to the idea that Troy Franklin may be a very dynamic wide receiver too for an NFL offense. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be one of those five, 600 yard receivers. Maybe he's more like an eight to a thousand yard receiver, but I don't think he'll be the featured number one wide receiver in that offense. But I, that's kind of where I've come around to. Um, I don't have a lot of them. Cause like I said, I just can't get behind that skill set. I just haven't seen it be too successful. So I'm just a little scared there. So what do you think, Corey? Yeah, I've kind of, I've, I've done a little bit of a 180. I'm a little bit, I'm definitely flipping from, where I thought of him as in freshman season, where I thought like he never really stood out at all. He never took over the room or anything like that. But this year he really did. I think he's super athletic. Um, I think he gets downfield in a hurry. He eats up a lot of grass quickly. Like you said, like he likes to, to bait the guys in and then completely blow by them with the speed. I know what he can catch up. So I do maybe want to see um, more deception through, through the stems of his route. Like he tries to do little subtle moves here and there, but it can definitely be a little bit more refined. I think, um, Here's the improvement that I see, at least. Let's just look at the stat sheet for a second, okay? Year one, contested catch percentage, 0% on seven attempts. Okay, that was brutal. So that was not another reason I like him. Year two, 63% on 11 attempts. So big jump there. Year one, one forced missed tackle. Year two, 13 forced missed tackles. Year one, drop percentage, 14%. Year two, 3%. Yards per outrun, year one, 1.43. Year two, 2.34. So he just became... Way more comfortable in year two, I think. I think he was really able to let his athleticism shine. I think he's coming into his own as a player. And now the next step is just to get a little more refined. Let's see that uh, a similar jump in year three. And I think he could like sneakily get into the top five to eight wide receivers next year with another good season, to be honest. He he destroyed 
going back to the the the, the box scores. He destroyed any team from Washington. East Washington, East <laughs> Washington State, yeah. 137. Washington, 139. The Pac-12. He's just beating up on the Pac-12. <laughs> no, just, just Washington State and UCLA. He's beating up on Washington State. That's funny. Fun fact, everybody out there. Um, but, yeah, no, so I, I I spoke my concern out there. I do have him as my wide receiver. I want to say eight in this class. It might be seven. But he's one of those two in his class. I think he's a, I think he's a second rounder, maybe third rounder next year. Yeah, I think second third. round. Yeah, yeah, I think second's better. Um, anyway, but it, I, I, it feels. People say he has alpha size, like he's six foot three. Yeah, but he's one hundred and seventy eight. That's not alpha yeah. size to me, and he no. definitely doesn't have that skill set or the mindset. He definitely doesn't play the physical game. I think he does really well at the catch point, but besides that, I wouldn't call him a physical wide receiver. Um. Oh, you, were we about to say something about Troy Franklin there? No. No, I was going to give you a little segue here. I'll, I'll quit. Uh, all right, I'll, let's I'll get to a guy that now. actually is physical, <laughs> in my opinion. And that's going to be Jerion Dickey. Jerion Dickey, uh, true freshman coming in here. He does, is injured. I can't remember what the injury is, but I know I watched his uh, Instagram live uh, workout. I want to say it was like mid-March, something like that. And he looked fine to me. He even posted some of his routes he ran too. And he even he gave an honest assessment too. He said, I ran 100 routes today. Here's my best routes. And he and then in quote unquote in those best routes he looked really clean. I thought he looked fine. I thought he looked very uninjured in those routes. So it's encouraging to see him working out there. This is again March, so I'm hoping by summertime he's good to go, 100. So I'm not really. I am a little bit worried about about the um about him in the fall. But with that video coming off, I'm actually running rounds. I actually got to see him play. It wasn't just like a photo op. Um, I think I think he'll be fine. Yeah, he's one of the few guys in this class with that size, you know, 6'3", 210, kind of at the top. He's kind of hanging around in most people's top five. Um, guy that I thought had really good body control, really good in contested catch situations. Like, he was really a man amongst boys in that department when you're watching him. Like, nobody could really, really handle I thought he had some pretty good movement skills. Like, I wouldn't say that he's I, the popular comparison out there is A.J. Brown, which some people have said. I don't, like, maybe he's more of a similar wavelength to a guy like Adam Randall as, a, as an athlete. Still very good fluid movers for their size. Um, he had a 4.58 verified 40 as a recruit, which is a pretty good time, but... Uh, like any big receiver, he needs a little bit of refinement to not rely on those physical gifts as much. The biggest concern for me, though, is when he's going to get on the field. You know, like on top of Franklin, uh, our Oregon also brings in Tez Johnson. Uh, they bring in Gary Bryant from USC, uh, Treshawn Holden from Alabama. I know none of these guys are, are spectacular, but just without some massive injuries in front of him, I think that there's a very, very strong possibility that it's a year one zero for Dickey. And if we truly believe that or at least if i truly believe that should i be lowering him i don't i don't think so i just don't i i don't i think it'll be all right i think you developed that I, also too i was reading um someone else's i was reading an article it was a while ago talking about his um like his stuff at camp you know and they say that his footwork looks better at camp than it does in person you already said that you liked his movement ability so i was thinking like how much better was it at camp? Like, what are we talking about here, guys? You know what I'm saying? Like, what we, what do you mean it's already better at camp? So I, I think, yeah. I don't think you should be too worried about it. I think, I think he can be a stud. I really do. And I, you know, if he just develops the slant route, <laughs> that's all he is. You know, they, they call it, they, you know, they compare it to AJ Brown. Like, yeah, yeah. He can just run, run some nice solid slants. Like, I'm good. Yeah, I think he can be like a really physical, you know, yeah, guy. And just going back to like this whole thing as well, you know, kind of like a thing that's just going on with, with college right now. I think the problem with going off of some historical trends, um, like the year one zero or any historical trends, is like 
how different the college landscape has like drastically changed over the past two years with transfer portal, yeah, um, NIL uh, guys are going to be hanging around for a longer with that NIL money teams are bringing in, you know, stop gaps instead of giving like the young guy a chance to, to play like we used to see. It's going to be like a, a really weird time that could, I think it could alter our thresholds down the line. Like, I think, I, I think what we're doing right now is good because it's all we have to work with, but I think down the line, it's going to need some adjustments. Let's head on over to the running back room. Bucky Irving. Bucky Irving by a friend of the show. I'm going to call him out. I love him so much. I love <laughs> I love Coach A. Bucky Irving, 194 pounds. What do we uh what do we think about him? Second year player I, going to a third year. What do we think? Yeah, I'll be quick with it because we've done it quite a bit. I've talked about him a lot. I don't really like him. The good, very shifty runner, uh, stop start like the best of them, make a guy miss, was a pretty good weapon as a receiver as well. Okay, that's the good. Bad side, small, 510, 190 pounds, lacks power, was not used in short yard situations, was not used in goal line situations as well. Um, and he likes to bounce everything outside. He was very inefficient between the tackles. If you look at that that, that, that thing that we like to look at sometimes, the PFF rupping, uh, rushing direction, you can actually see how how they fared attacking the middle, attacking the outside. Damn. He was, yeah, he Sorry. was very <laughs> inefficient between the, ta- uh, between the tackles. Uh, his yards were crazy, dropped off like crazy down the middle. He essentially had uh, seven yards per carry when attacking the edges, and it dropped down to 4.1 average between the tackles, 3.2 in one of the directions there, uh, attacking the left side of the center. It was so bad that essentially 50% of his carries ended up getting designed outside the left tackle and outside the right tackle. Like there was like yeah. a bunch of other ways to go there, but over 50% of his carries got designed to the outside. I just don't see the NFL upside. Like I see a complimentary uh, player. I see a guy who's going to get drafted. I don't see the fantasy appeal. These small players love to go around the edge. I mean, it's, it's what they, this is, that's their skill set. It's speed. Yeah. And they, they went around the edge with speed. Um, Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I think you just nailed it there. No, I mean, He's 194 pounds, which should mean the same thing as saying this guy doesn't have any power. Like he's just not. He just yeah. he's already got him maxed out frame too. So I don't think he can. You know, oh by NFL combine time, maybe he can put on like 205. I don't think so. I think he's maxed out. I've seen his frame. I think it's maxed out. Like that's it. Dude, yeah, dude and this and this goes back to the thing be. where uh, we've talked about before. Where I like to see if if you're small, I got to see some weight in that first year, in that second year. You can't be waiting till your year to get drafted to put on all the weight. Now you know that, that, that doesn't work. You, you end up like Jalen Rieger. Yeah, we want to see that playing weight. We don't want to just see the workout yeah. weight. Yeah, that spring break bod. But anyway, uh, I want to talk about Jordan James a little bit. The okay, running back that okay. was flipped over from Georgia, goes over to Oregon. He didn't get much run here, but I don't know. Dude. I think it's worth noticing whenever a a running back from uh, Georgia flips over. He's He's got the size. I don't really know much about him as a player. I just, you know, he's 5'10", 210. He can run down the middle. He was a little bit more efficient down there. He definitely wasn't efficient on the edges, but he's just, he's a freshman. I'm looking at who's going to be the next guy because I do think Buck Irving retains the role that he has and he should. Um, but I want to know who the next guy up is. And this guy has a size. He's, he's, you know, 45 rushing attempts, 192 yards on five touchdowns. He was used in short yardage areas. So hopefully they give him more of a role besides just goal line carries. 
Yeah, I know. Um, just speaking on on Irving a little bit there on his role this year too. I know they really like Noah Whittington over there as well. I know that he came yeah. over with somebody in the in the coaching staff, not a guy that we're worried about for Debbie, but still it, it, a healthy Noah Whittington uh, going throughout this, the year. I wonder if there's more for him. Like he actually opened the spring game as the starter, which I was kind of surprised by. But then again, you never know uh, how these teams are broken up for the spring game or whatever. They don't really go into that. But he did open up with the first team, which I thought was a little bit noteworthy. Um. Back to Jordan James here. I think that these two guys are maybe – there's two guys here that I think are fighting for a little bit of, of the same role. Jordan James, a big bruising back, or their new highly ranked freshman that we don't like as much, but Dante Dowdle, he was a top 10 guy from uh, in the recruiting oh, yeah, services. Yeah. Um, I think a reason that we are kind of lower and our team is lower is just because of the raw athleticism that he has. I'm worried about it translating. I can't um, – remember the exact time but he had one of the lowest miles per hours of this class and you can see it on the film like he can't pull away from his competition at all all i will say is that he does have good size he's six foot 250 pounds the recruiting services loved him so maybe they're seeing something that we're not seeing he got pretty good run in the spring game as well too he ran tough he ran physical he picked up some chunk games he wasn't you know burning away from anybody because i don't think that's part of his game but that just might be what he's best suited as is you know an early down short yardage banger um, on the next level in the NFL, but that doesn't really have a huge place in the fantasy world anymore at the NFL level. So both these guys, Jordan James and Dante Dowdle, I'm kind of just off for Debbie purposes. All right. I don't don't have anything to add to that at all. I I really do think he's just, he's a battleship. It's a slow battleship. Yeah. Uh, Let's head over to Oregon state though. There's no coaching changes here, but we do have some QB room shakeup. DJU has transferred in from Clemson. The dude with all the tools just hasn't put it together. And uh, Corey, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe your reports and news were that he's already he's struggling in spring. He was struggling in spring. Yeah, I mean, I, I, maybe it's the new system getting adapted to it. He talked a lot about how Clemson's system kind of like kept the chains on him and didn't let him become. He was kind of putting the blame a lot on Clemson a little bit. But I mean, the the issues are still following him here over to the spring as well. And uh, cover three series, a, a series I keep talking about as well. They're doing their summer their summer thing. They were just talking about uh, DJU that he had a really slow start to camp. He kind of worked his way by the end and showed a little bit more that they're excited about. Him. They still expect him to be the starter. Um, but he's just, he's just a guy that just can't seem to put it all together. He, he's a guy I've wrote his profile, uh, for the past, uh, for the past two years for our Debbie guide. He's, he got away with ugly mechanics for way too long. You know, I, I think that the coaches let him get away with it because it was working, but now he seems to can't break a bad habit. Like he almost looks like he's, when he's in his head, he's thinking about where his feet should go. He's thinking about how his arms should move. It's not natural at all. When you watch him, even to the point where like every throwing motion that he does looks different from the last one he just did. You know, he's struggling to get out of these bad habits and keep trying to revert to those bad habits. And it's making this like ugly mechanical thing that's going on with him right now. The lower half is not synced up with the upper half at all. I honestly am wondering if this is a guy who could return for one more year if it doesn't go well for him. He has that extra COVID year if he wants it. And maybe the future isn't here because the next guy we're going to get into, they're very high on him, which is which is Aiden Childs, the freshman here, who I think is officially my quarterback six of this class. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah, Aiden Childs, uh, six foot four, 195 pounds as a recruit. I don't know what he weighs in college, so might have put on some more weight since then. Uh, reports out there are good, though. I watched some of his live games. I watched his game against Ninko. He played against Ninko, I want to say twice last year, mm-hmm. or it might have been once a year. But I watched that game. I thought he was a very smart QB. Uh, he wasn't really turnover uh, prone. Playing a little bit safe, I would like to see a little bit more risk, a little bit more zip on the ball. But besides that, though, like the kid was the kid was smart safe and his his mechanics improved greatly from junior to senior year i can't remember what coach he worked with i know he worked with someone that was worth noting but he saw his improvement in high school and now we see him here in college dju is clearly um 
you just heard court talk about DJU. So Aiden Childs might get this run here at the end. And I, I hope, well, I don't really hope, but if the team does poor enough, maybe they just throw him out there, see what they got, see if he can do well against poor competition down the stretch. But Aiden Childs does have prototypical size. He does have a dual threat skill set. And I, I think he's a higher IQ football player. I'm a little bit nervous about the tools, but I think this guy could be at the worst a really good CFF stud, maybe like a day three guy. But I think mm-hmm. maybe we see a little bit more special traits in him year one, year two. We can see him develop into like a, a day two, day one type of type of prospect. Yeah. And I mean, one of the first notes that I made about him, I think probably watching from his his junior tape, or I think he got injured shortly into his junior season too. But I did note the the loopy throwing motion a little bit, gets caught dropping that ball a little bit too much, but very twitchy and elusive as a runner. Um, and, and they can't shut up about this kid. He's he they say he's arguably been the best quarterback in camp. Um, and that he's throwing he's throwing the prettiest ball out of all the quarterbacks right now. So I think the future is definitely with Aiden Childs here. And I'm 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 starting to take him a little bit more and more. And for the upside that he presents. I'm feeling pretty good about him at my quarterback six. Where do you have him ranked in your freshman quarterbacks? Ooh, I'll pull it up. I do want to say this though about him. Uh, he, he did say like, I'm sorry. The reports were out that schools were calling trying to flip him, uh, but he stayed committed too. So I really like that. That's kind of honorable of him to do that. He was like, no, no, no this is the team that took the, the chance on me first. I'm going to stick around here. I have Aiden Childs at QB 15. He's my QB six in the class as a freshman. No, we're at the same spot. Look at that. I'll flip them just to be different because I'm a really big Lenore Sellers fan, bro. I got them. I got them right next to each other. Yeah, I think I think I'm like holding on to pedigree a little bit there by keeping it in child yeah. a little bit above for right now, just because he just you know on paper maybe looks a little bit better. But yeah, I I really do think you know Sellers will get into a, a different time. But yeah, he both yeah, those guys just, are right around there. All right, let's head on over to the Oregon State wide receiver group here. Is there is there anybody that you're really looking at here in this room? Because it's it's a no from me, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to say anyone's name. Uh, honestly, I couldn't even tell you one starting wide receiver for the Beavers without looking it up. <laughs> the only guy that I truly know off the top of my head, and that's just from looking at the freshman class, is is Zachary Card, who was a freshman in this class. Um, his name was littered all over the the spring reports, and I'm always the guy looking at the news, so that's where I've seen him a lot. But he's a small guy, 5'9", 160 pounds. He apparently ran 4.3240 at their, like, beaver combine that they have, uh, which top five in all agility drills. So this is a guy that's, you know, you're a smaller, shiftier guy that's probably going to do really good in college. It probably doesn't really make it to the NFL level. So I'm not sure he's a guy or any guy in this room should really be someone we're concerned with for Debbie. All right, I don't want to waste our listeners' time, so we'll head on over to the running back room, which is what I really want to talk about. I want to talk about yeah. Damian Martinez. Damian Martinez was a three-star. He was a he's a he's a friend of campus to get in here. I love Damian Martinez. I, he's he's a very he's a nice build-up speed type runner. He's six foot one, two sixteen. I think his I think he are saying that. Is he 230? Are people, people are saying he's 230. Is that confirmed? He made a post himself on Twitter, and all the post said was 22 miles per hour at 230 pounds, and with a fire emoji. So I think he's obviously talking about himself there is what I imagine. But yeah, so so theoretically is what he's saying. You know, I'm 230 pounds, and I'm running 22 miles per hour, which is freaking awesome. <laughs> all right, let's, let's just say that he's between 216 and 230, because I, don't, I yeah. don't know if I can believe that one. But six foot 216. He's he's been really productive as a running back since he took over the starting role. It's been like nonstop one thousand, not one thousand, excuse me, nonstop one hundred yard rushing games. Um, I want was it one two three four five, six in a row, and then he didn't finish off with Florida. He got hurt. I want to say it was like first quarter of the bowl game there, so he couldn't really finish that one off. But he was a train dude, and he mm-hmm. was phenomenal at following his blocks. I didn't 
think he did enough creation on his own. Like, there's definitely like athletic traits. I love it. The production profile will be there. Um, but as far as the refinement as a runner, like I need to see more of that. He has the size. I'm sure the power will be there. But I want to see him create on his own. I want to see him try to make some guys miss because usually I just watch him follow his blockers and you know he'll he'll get a couple extra yards by himself after that. But as far as being like a dynamic runner in the open field, I can't call him that. Yeah, I I think that we see this with freshman backs in general. Like I remember even doing um, with um, uh, on uh, Devi to Dynasty dashboard there with Brandon Lejeune, a guy I do some videos with. We looked at Jameer Gibbs and Tink Bigsby back in their freshman seasons. We both kind of said the same thing that on the second level they lacked uh, creation on the second level. You know, just kind of following their blocks or whatever. More they were more focused around the line of scrimmage, right? Which is what I think kind of Damian Martinez is as he gets more natural, he might open up a little bit more, let let it uh, become more instinctual, which I think is is something that really happens to running backs as they get further along in in their college careers as well. He's a top twenty running back for me and Debbie right now. I, th- I we've talked about it a little bit before, but I do see some nimbleness to him that I think is there. I, I remember I, I don't know if I got you to watch. The tape, or I thought it was Ollie Gordon who we were talking about before. One of the two, I remember, I, I made you go look after. It might have even been both. It was, it was Ollie Gordon. It was <laughs> yeah, Ollie. it was Ollie Gordon. So, yeah, either way, I but I do think he has, like, a little bit of that Mayan Williams-ish thing to him. Like, I think that he kind of has, like, a little bit of nimble footwork. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that we what we need here is for him to build a receiving profile. And with that, I think the ceiling becomes pretty nice. Without it, you know, he's probably going to stay hovered around that 20 – uh, 20 running back range for me. But if he builds that receiving profile as well, then, you know, sky's the limit for this guy, I think. Yeah, no, I'm way through there. I, I just want to see the refinement. I, I do think like, you know, obviously this is way too far in the future right now, but I, I think he can clearly be like a day two guy, like an RB two, like the NFL level, like, or like an, like a fantasy RB two at the NFL level. Yeah. Um. So I, I think that's it. I'm not really sure if he's, like, I don't think he's special, but I, I, I think he can get there. I really do think that I think it's in the, it's a possibility. Um, are you ready? Are you ready for saving the best for last? We've been saving the best for last. Are you ready yeah, for it? Yeah, let's do it. This is the biggest school to talk about here. It's USC. They have no coaching changes. It's Lincoln, Lincoln Riley, a.k.a. the QB whisperer. Caleb Williams is here. He is probably industry-wide the QB one. A lot of people think he's a QB in his own tier. Corey, do you think he belongs in his own tier? And is he your QB one still? He's still my quarterback one. I don't know about his own tier. I think, you know, Drake may will obviously get into a little bit more when we talk about ACC. I think he's got to show a little bit more stuff as well, but I'm, and he's going through some big changes as well. So I feel like the situation is set up better for Caleb to kind of lock himself into that. Whereas like may kind of has a little bit of of stuff going on that might alter his, his trajectory a little bit, but regardless, I think Caleb Williams is still number one for me. It's kind of hard to poke a lot of holes in his game. Right. So I kind of just like, I think we all talk about what the things he does good. He's got a good arm. He's got good touch. He can hit every level of the field. He can move around a little bit. He's got a little bit of uh, athleticism as well. Um, so, uh, so I went down this, this hole to just try to poke some holes in his game. All right. Um, he's the type of guy that likes to, um, you know, extend plays a lot as well. Um, he can kind of get caught holding onto the ball a little bit long at times as well. You know, I, I look back at the game against Utah where he kind of hurt his hamstring a little bit and that movement skill got taken away from him. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 He suffered seven sacks in that game, dude. Like without those legs, without being able to move around a little bit like that, he actually suffered 30 sacks in total in the PAC 12 on the year. That was with the highest time to throw average in the league as well. So like, there's a little bit of a thing there where I'm kind of worried about how he deals with pressure. If he holds on to the ball a little bit too long, sometimes as well too, I'd like to kind of see him maybe get the ball out a little bit faster. Um, you know, even comparing to a guy like Michael Penix, who had like 
almost a full second less time. He only got sacked four times last year. Bo Nix, we just talked about, only got sacked six times. So I don't know if it's the offensive line. I don't know if it's other things. I don't know if it's him just trying to force the issue to make a play sometimes. But that's one thing that kind of stood out to me. So just something to kind of throw out there that's a little bit of a negative about him. But everything about the profile looks really good. He's going to have another really productive year. NFL scouts are already talking about him like he's the next Andrew Luck. He's he's on that tier. He's the next Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he's at that tier. Um, but I, I still think he's probably the bona fide number one pick next year. Okay. Yeah. I I am concerned about his mobility. I thought that was a great point you made about his mobility here. I do talk a lot about size and it's kind of just a bias for me size in general. Uh, he is six foot one, two fifteen. Here's here's yeah. what I'm trying to say for his defense though, is that he is an elite scrambler. Like like those guys that aren't prototypical size have to have some sort of elite traits. He is very good, like you said, holding on to that ball a little bit too long because I think he's just used to getting away yeah. with doing that especially in the pack 12 here and i'm not too too worried about that translating to the next level here but if they take away his legs um he's gonna have a hard time at the next level so i'm not too worried about it with the exception of that he just seems to thrive out of structure and that's fine for like teams that don't really have a complete team like houston if he went to houston he probably looked pretty good Honestly, it's like that line's not going to hold up for too long. <laughs> but it goes to a team that's like, you know, they have the number one offensive line. It's going to be kind of weird because he's just used to running around and making, you know, making plays himself, you know, playing that hero. So that's my concern with Caleb Williams. I think he's the QB two in the class. We'll get to that later, though. But I still think he's a, Yeah, Drake, man. <laughs> but I, I still think he's a top two, top three pick the NFL level. I mean, there's just no way he's not. So I, I'm really just nitpicking here. Um, but he he's he's a stud. He's really good. He's a good player. Yeah, and I think when Let's we're talk. talking about this, we when we're looking at um, Lincoln Riley in general, it's it's all his quarterbacks seem to do a good job. You know, whether it was all the way back to Kyler Murray and then Jalen Hurts and now Caleb Williams and now the next guy in line that we're all assuming. You know, uh, the quarterback one for many of us here in our class is Malachi Nelson, who was uh, an Oklahoma commit and flipped to USC. Followed Lincoln Riley along as well. Six three, one hundred eighty five pounds. He's a guy, great pocket mobility. I my thing with him, like I've I think he has the best arm talent in the class. And I don't think from a pure strength standpoint, I think from a pure touch and ball placement and trajectories, whether he wants to put it on a rope, whether he wants to lay it over a guy, whether he wants to drop it in a bucket, that's what I see from this guy. Um if I were to say some negative things, I think that him and Caleb kind of have the same thing where they hold on to the ball a little bit too long at times, where they kind of always think they can make the big play. But um I love his swag, man. He's a high character dude. Some of the interviews I've watched, um, you know, here at USC as well, they're going to put up big numbers. You're obviously going to want the guy that's going to be next in the system. And Malachi Nelson is that guy. Dude, absolutely. You nailed it there. There are reports out there that he is 200 pounds. It's not on the school website, but there was, I know when he showed up, the reports were saying that he's 200 pounds. So uh, there is some, uh, some bright side there for the adding on the weight. Optimism Um, at least. Yeah, yeah. So prototypical size, but you can't really say anything. I mean, Lincoln Riley just Lincoln Riley just doesn't seem to miss, with the exception of Spencer Rattler. And so far, I don't think Malachi Nelson has like an attitude or locker room issue. So I'm, I don't think he's going to fall on that path. Yeah, Spencer Rattler is just a just a damn head case. Because other than that, I mean, I because I, I I still stand by saying Rattler. I think has the skill. It's just everything in between the years that's the issue. But yeah, Riley just seems to get the best out of these guys and. Um, Malachi Nelson is going to be that next guy. That's going to be, you know, number one in the draft, I think. Yeah. Let's head over to the wide receiver room here. 
Uh, Brandon Rice absolutely showed out last year, end of the uh, with the bowl game there against Tulane, like 130 some yards. But like he had some quick feet with fast to turn, transitioned mm-hmm. really well as a runner after the catch, has that alpha size. So that was pretty awesome to see, even though we didn't see that consistently last year. Seeing that flash is pretty awesome. Hopefully, we get to see that more this year and we can get way more excited about a potential guy for our fantasy rosters. You got Mario Williams, the, the small stretch slot guy. Um, a little bit disappointing. I think most people are off. We've been off him for a while. And then you also have the transfer in in Dorian Singer here. Dorian Singer comes from Arizona. Me and Corey have talked about him a lot. We think he's mostly just a jump ball guy. Not really too special athletically, um, but extremely solid hands. And that's really about it that I can say about him. That's nice. Do you know where I've landed on for uh, Dorian Singer comparison? Because, you know, I'm always throwing comparisons out there. I don't really care. So did the comparison that Go ahead. Go I threw out one months ago that you agree with, so I don't want you to say it, but it was it was Tylen Wallace was where. Oh my god! Ago. So that's probably maybe that's where I got it. Yeah, it was in my head. Yeah. Then, obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so bit, physical possession receiver in a smaller body. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of like the the thing. Like we want to see some more athleticism from him. I want to see some more separation. But he is very good at the catch point. He's very strong hands. Like those things work for him. But how about the quiet buzz coming out of a spring for him as well? Like you've heard absolutely nothing about this guy. You've heard more about Zachariah branch, the freshman coming in. Um, Makai lemon has been hurt obviously, but you've heard more about Brandon rice. I remember reading a, a thing about Brandon rice and they go, they want this guy to be a big part of the game. He, uh, we talked about it before a spring game. He played with the first team. He played exclusively with Caleb Williams, caught his first pass of the day, went for like 50 yards. Caleb Williams left the field. He left the field as well. So like, what does that tell Like, to me, it looks like he's lined up for to, to be a starting wide receiver in this role. Dorian Singer played well into freaking second quarter, third quarter. He had some drops on the day. He didn't really look all that good. I'm just I'm I'm worried that this is going to be another one of those those transfers that don't exactly work out like we hope it to. You know, like even Mario Williams hasn't really worked out very well over here, and he's a guy too, Mario Williams, that I'm just like completely off of at this. I, I mean, ever since that Tulane game, they had a, a Tulane game and he muffs the, the, the kickoff and essentially lets oh, Tulane yeah, win dude. the game, dude. Like it was just yeah. like, Oh my God. Like, uh, can this guy have any worse uh, of a season for himself here? And then finishes it on that note. So that's, it's tough for me to come around on Mario Williams. I'm not going to be drafting him anytime soon. I think the unsung hero of this group, if we're not going to talk about freshmen though, is, is Taj Washington. Um, you have any thoughts on Taj Washington? He's just always a reliable wide receiver three. Uh, I know every single time Jordan Addison came down, we're like, oh, someone's going to step up. And it's just never something anyone ever did. But Taj Washington did occasionally step up in those roles when Addison was out. So I I don't think much of Taj as far as like Debbie goes. Um, I just think he's a really nice, like reliable collegiate wide receiver three. Yeah, I can't remember where he started. I think it was Memphis. Or something like that. He started out some. He had a really good freshman season, and he's kind of been like actually pretty decently good, like with with USC at least as a, as a nice reliable option out there for him. But I think the two guys most exciting in this group, Zachariah Branch, number one wide receiver in the class, and then Makai Lemon, who's also I think I believe a top ten at least. I can't remember exactly where he's listed, but both these guys, both top five wide receivers for our recruiting team, for us, for for most people out there. Um, Makai Lemon also was the wide receiver one for Malachi Nelson back in his day when he was playing as well. So he's going to have a lot of talent to work with coming forward. What do you like the most here about uh, Zachary Branch and Makai Lemon? So Branch is just a speedster. There's a lot of comps out there to um, Jalen Waddle. I think you can see that right away. He's also like a, another high character guy. Like you, you kind of love that. 
but he's he's a speedster and that's his thing he's not like an athletic freak i think his squat was pretty insane too i won't i don't want to quote the numbers i'm gonna get it wrong but i'm pretty sure it was like 475 for a guy like his size is yeah he's definitely insane. got some crazy workout numbers and he's and he's sculpted dude like he's ripped like he looks yeah. like if you look at him physically he looks like tired kill which is like tired kill is like insanely ripped but that's that's who he reminds me of when i look at him physically yeah. And he's a smaller guy. So it, it, speed's going to be his game. So he's going to be one of those better field stretchers and then probably even also a yak there in the short area. Like that's the type of guy he's going to be because he does have that that twitchy muscle. Like he does have that quick twitch in short area. There was Makai Lemon. I just thought he was – I think he can be a really good slot – not slot, excuse me, a really good route runner, like a savvy route runner. He has those tools and those traits. So I, that's what I'm looking for him to be more developed as, whereas Branch is more of a explosive athlete type. Yeah, kind of like the yin and the yang for each other, right? Like one kind of complements the other pretty well. One can break the top off the defense, whereas the other one, like like Mikhail Lemon, I could see kind of being like an Amon Ra, St. Brown type, you know, yeah. for this offense. Like like a guy who can do a little bit of everything will, will be very well. Maybe not the same type of athlete that Zachariah Branch is. Maybe not be able to take the top off as well as he can, but a, a, a very good player in his own right. and, and well worth the ranking within the top five uh, wide receivers for us. Yeah, I'm about that. Uh I do want to talk about a tight end here. So are you done with the wide receivers? Yeah. Well, we want to talk running backs. No, I want, you well, got... I want to, I want to talk a tight end first. I want okay. To talk about okay. Sorry. I guess, problems. I guess he's technically a wide receiver for this offense, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Deuce. I know the whole off season um, debacle was about if he's going to pick uh, baseball over football. I still believe he's going to pick football and not because I have any inside source or any, any article I read that told me otherwise, I just know that he's going to make a lot more money playing football than he does baseball. And he can probably get a little bit faster and sooner too than, than he is on baseball. Cause I, I don't know that whole route, but he has to go like the G league, whatever football is the way to go. There's no size on this team outside of Brendan Rice. There's not a lot of like alpha size guys that are on this field that Lincoln Riley really uses. So I want to say deuce has that. So he has the opportunity to get on the field early more in like red zone packages. Um, but again, impact tight ends like for freshmen uh i want to say the best lincoln had was probably mark andrews and it was something like 300 yards but seven touchdowns which is really mm. insane for 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 a tight end uh but i do think this is the best hunting prospect lincoln has had since mark andrews so i'm really intrigued in the tools i love the size i think the kid's a phenomenal athlete as well and he chose lincoln riley because he said that lincoln knew how to i don't know how to say it like juggle the football and the baseball the way he did with kyler so i kind of feel comfortable knowing that deuce did his homework and he probably came up with a plan with with coach riley there and they're gonna work something out i'm gonna see him on the football field so i just want to talk about deuce he's clearly the tight end one he's tight end one for everybody here assuming that he plays football and that's the real big if and if you want to incur that that risk in your draft i don't really see him going earlier than the third so that's that's kind of the risk you guys take if you want to take them the third or not but tight end one you know me and Corey hate tight ends they're so volatile they're so unpredictable there's always like maybe one each year that you can like point to and be like this guy can be a stud i think that's deuce i think deuce can be a stud yeah and for what it's worth like five star tight ends which i mean i think like in the past 10 years there's only been like seven or eight of them or whatever but they have like a hundred percent draft rate like, like they always translate to the NFL. Like, I don't know. I didn't go into the stats of all of them and see exactly how they did on the NFL level. But regardless, I mean, he has a future, I think, in the NFL. You know, what he does when he gets there is going to be his own thing. But he's got a nice opportunity here. I think Lincoln's going to want to try to use him to kind of try to keep him football-oriented. 
um, to try to keep him involved in that. Because if he has a bad season or if he's not very used like very much and he's getting more fanfare at playing baseball, then why wouldn't you go do that? You know, so I think it's going to be a point of emphasis for Lincoln to make sure that he uses him, whether that's putting him on the outside, whether that's running him uh, down the seams or whatever. It's just making good use of him to keep him interested in football. Yeah, I like that. All right, let's go on to the running back room. Um, I want to talk about who's the assumed starter first. I want to talk about Marshawn Lloyd. Your favorite yeah. running back. Marshawn Lloyd transferred in from, <laughs> from South Carolina, right? He he had, was it one or two ACLs? One. He only had one ACL. He just had a hard one time ACL. coming back from it. Yeah, he's had a terrible time. It was like, was it his two first? Two first? Why don't you tell me yeah. the history of, of this guy's injury? No, he. Uh, I think borderline five-star. Might have been a five-star by some guys. Uh, had all the all the rave in spring camp, tore his ACL right at the end of spring camp. So really haven't seen him be much of a player since then. Really, I mean, he, he we've seen him in spot duty sometimes. Um, hasn't really looked like himself. I think I'm hoping that this year he'll finally put it together and kind of look like his old self that we fell in love with as a freshman. Yeah. So, uh, I think he's looked terrible on the field. I know he played really yeah. well against Kentucky. I want to say it's Kentucky. He played well against Kentucky. But most he didn't even like really play. Guys. He didn't even really play that well. Like it was like it was like <laughs> wide open holes. If you watch the game, like it was like a yeah. big chunk play. Like it was. He's just he's lost some of that that dynamic footwork that he had coming in. He just which is sometimes you expect that with an ACL. He needs time to like trust it or whatever. But like I don't know, man. We're going on like third year out of the ACL, or is it only his? Is he entering his fourth year? No, he's entering his third year from the ACL. Yeah, he's entering his third year. So, yeah, he's he's a he's a year removed from it now. So, hopefully, we see some of that come back a little bit, at least, and or else this is going to just be a downhill path for him. Yeah. So, so I'm like asking myself if, if he hits off a thousand yards, like, do I really care at USC? USC does have good running backs. They don't ever do anything in the NFL. Um, it's a crowded room. Lincoln Riley just seems to collect all these post hype guys. Like, he just seems to be pretty good at doing that every single off season. Um. But, like, I'm looking at, like, the chart. I'm looking at the roster. I'm looking at the offense. And I'm like, he could probably hit 1,000 yards. And he could probably hit, like, 10 touchdowns. Like, honestly, like, with this roster here. Um, but I just don't know if I, like, see the the traits, the juice. I don't know if I really see that. I know in the spring game he made some dude miss. And if you watch that dude miss, like, the dude just, like, froze and, like, fell on his face. Looked actually stupid. That's USC defense at its prime. Yeah, it was, it was peak. <laughs> yeah, it was peak. <laughs> them out there. Um, so... I don't know, dude. Like, what do you think about Marshawn Lloyd? I don't know. Like, I have him like super late thirties in my rankings right now. I, like, I'm I'm giving him that chance to kind of bounce back because he was a guy that I liked a lot. I think there is a skill set there. Like, I don't think that just goes away. I think he just had a really hard time coming back from his ACL, and it might just be that he never looked like the same guy again. I mean, even like uh, Ramon Davis, who we talked about when we talked about Kentucky and the SEC. I don't think he's ever looked the same since he tore his ACL. He doesn't look like that same joystick type player. And for a guy that that was really part of his game, I'm a little bit concerned. He does have a little bit of a pass catching background. He's got good size. Um, he, he might have good athleticism. I'm not sure where it's at, but he, he's got some interesting things. He's set up in a good situation where the pressure should be off of the run game. So he has the opportunity to bounce back here. The question is if he will bounce back, <laughs> which has been very yeah. hard for me to buy into. Like I haven't drafted him since his freshman season, and I don't know if I will. You know I haven't, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the freshman, though. Quentin, do you want to Wait, wait, I got to I, I, I ask you a question, though. All okay? right, yeah, 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 yeah. A, couple, a couple shows back, I don't care, it could even be uh, months, dude, like months ago. Know you know what yeah, I'm going to ask you. Go ahead, say, yeah. <laughs> do you still think Austin Jones leads this backfield or what? 
No, that was just my hatred talking. I don't yeah. think that. I don't think that. I okay. you've come to your you've come to your senses. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Let me get over to Quentin Joyner though. Quentin okay. Joyner, true freshman year, comes in with uh Amarian Peterson, who put on a lot of weight. I'm not sure I don't think he put it on the best way, but he put on a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Um Corey, you're the big Quentin Joyner fan out of the two of us. You want to talk about it for a little bit? I've come around on him a little bit, and it's not so much that I was higher on him or um, high on him to begin with, but like just seeing him pop at USC a little bit, seeing this this room for what it is. There's a lot of guys aging. There's going to be a room for somebody to kind of take over and a nice offense with some young pieces. And Quinn Joyner, high ranked guy, I think he was number four for two four seven overall. Um, I think RA Analytics gave him the highest athletic grade, if I'm not mistaken, which if you'll remember last year, um, Quinchon Jukins received the highest athletic grade from, from uh, RA Analytics as well. We have him very high as well, I believe, like 22 miles per hour, somewhere in the high 21 miles per hour. He's got decent size and he's 200 pounds. Um, so like he's got a lot going for him. Um, it's just we haven't really seen USC keep focusing, or Lincoln Riley in a sense, I guess, focusing on the one guy a lot of the time, but I'm hopeful that Joyner can kind of be that guy. I did like Amarian Peterson a lot as well, kind of entering this year when I watched that junior tape. And then you guys kind of told me to watch the senior tape and see what the heck was going on. And yeah, he did look more sluggish. There was um, an ankle injury, I believe, that was a problem. I think he he appeared in like in like two or three games or something like that. But he did add a lot of extra weight and just didn't look like the same fluid mover that he looked like in junior. I remember even talking to Alfred. I think Alfred had him as like a top five back in this class watching his junior tape and then watching his senior tape had to drop him like crazy. So he still had a good spring though, from all reports, scored that touchdown in the spring game. It's going to be one of these two guys. Right now I'm leaning towards Quentin Joyner who comes in, I believe, at running back seven in my in my freshman running back rankings right now. Ooh, I actually was about to ask you. If you think, yeah. like, let's say, let's say Marshawn Lloyd does well, he goes to the NFL draft, he gets drafted, and I don't know, let's say the sixth round, which sounds realistic to me. Are they going to bring in more running backs? Because, like I said, Lincoln Riley does bring in these transfers like pretty often. Like, do you think That's, this is exactly what I was talking about with the way the new world is? With with yeah. with how things change all the time, but I'm hoping that you know you're not relying on a freshman at that point. You're going to be relying on a sophomore who's been in this system, has shown some stuff already. I hope he gets somewhat of a role this year. Um, whether that means that Austin Jones has to kind of get injured or whatever, but I don't think he has that far to climb because really it's Austin Jones. And then it's what really Brown is like a wide receiver right now. He's not that's even running right. back anymore. Yeah. So that's not somebody that we're super worried about. Amari Peterson, we don't like as much. So we're talking about third down the depth chart, at least coming into spring has already flashed that little bit. Like, and with that pedigree, I think he could climb. I think he could be the guy we're looking at as the next guy in this room next year. I like that. Corey, that wraps it up, man. If you want to talk any more tight ends, you talked one earlier in the show, so and you said you were feeling a little sick. No, I just, show, so. yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why I ended up talking about a tight end. But that's just because I wrote yeah. his Debbie guide, so I got all I got all that in the head right there. I could just fire it <laughs> off. But, uh, no, no more tight ends for me. I'm done. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, come back next week. We're talking about the Big Ten from Corey and from Mike. Good night and good luck. <laughs>